Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adio A. Jr. Joining me is the force that is Gary Witta. Witta Wednesday, actually on a Wednesday. The hell is going on? Welcome makes back, no, Gary. Makes no, it's very confusing to me to have Witta Wednesday on a Wednesday. This is not how, how it's supposed to be. How's it feel? When was the last time you were actually on a Wednesday? Do you remember? I don't know. I've just done Tuesday. It's been Tuesdays forever. But this, this is the new regime right greg greg called me up and explained to me that there was going to be some changes that kind of funny and instead of uh me just doing the regular tuesday slot i would just kind of like be the designated you know substitute for whenever you, you guys need a you know need a need a spot filling so that's how we're doing it now sometimes with a wednesdays might be on a wednesday might be on a tuesdays you could have Widow Wednesday on a Thursday or a Friday yeah. or a Monday. Basically, yeah, basically the know. new regime is that you you get Gary Widow whenever, right? Like we don't yeah, have a, you never know when I'm going to pop up. I, I kind of like that, you know, the, the, the unpredictability of it. Like knowing that I'm going to be on on a Tuesday, fair enough, but that's predictable. Like I kind of like the idea of like you never know, like oh, when yeah. I'm going to pop up and surprise you. And now, except, like, except you publish the schedule in advance, so some people will know. Yeah, but like the schedule never never <laughs> keeps is the thing. Right. right, we always publish the schedule, and then at least two or three of those days end up changing in terms of hosts. But like now, what Wednesdays or what Xcast? Because Xcast has moved up. Right? So we X-Cast record yeah. on Tuesday. That's that's the other change. On we, Wednesday, we used to record Xcast on a Friday and post it on a Saturday morning. Now we record it on a Tuesday. So I just recorded the most recent one yesterday, and that goes up on a Wednesday. So that'll be up yeah. if it's not already up today. Gary, how you been? What you been playing? I got to tell you, it is all about, and this is actually the first time I've had, had an opportunity to talk about it on a podcast. I've been tweeting about it a lot, but I am obsessed with Cult of the Lamb. I think it. I think oh. it's going to be. It's going to be in my in, on my short list. It's a very strong contender uh, for my game of the year. I've got. I, I don't know how many hours I've got into it. I, I like this, this part. Like started playing Friday. And Friday and pretty much every spare minute I had through the weekend, it was just all Cult of the Lamb. And I've had I've had to put it down for a couple of days because I've been really busy. But you know, you know one of those games. No, I'm playing it on Xbox. Because I'm playing it, it looks beautiful on a on a big because it's it's got such a beautiful art style and the colors are very vibrant. It looks beautiful on my OLED TV. Absolutely love the way it looks. Um, and you know, you know what it's like. We've all been there. It's one of those games that like even when you're not playing it, you're thinking about it. You wake up in Mm. the morning thinking, Oh, when can I can I play it today? I I really I I've got like some tasks I need to do. Like I really want to like upgrade my shrine and like you're just thinking the game kind of like gets under your skin even when you're not playing it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, it's one that I I I want to pick up more of. I played it during the preview. I played about six hours and I really enjoyed it, but it was the thing of oh man, I like this, this is good, but is it gonna be for me? Because uh, it's a lot of sim stuff compared to the roguelite stuff, and I'm in for the roguelite stuff. The sim stuff is more of an acquired taste. Seeing, uh, hearing Greg talk about it, hearing other folks at KF talk about it, and like seeing the Twitter reaction to it, I am now I'm planning on making time uh, to to get into it and like play more of it before the end of the year because it seems like one that people keep bringing up in the in the game of the year sense, and I I think it's exciting because yeah I feel like there's a lot of different we've been talking about this quite a bit a lot of different indie games that 
have been coming through and killing it this year. I feel like great this year, year for indies. Absolutely. Yeah. This year is like the year of the indie when you're talking about what's uh, coming up in the big conversations, right? Like when you bring up AAA games, it is Elden Ring, it's Horizon, right? But then you, you it'll be God of War by into, the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be God of War by the, end of the, by the end of the year. But then you immediately get into, oh, yeah, but Sifu. Oh, yeah, but Neon White. Oh, yeah. But, right. You know, for a lot of people, Stray, right? For right. a lot of people, Cult as Falls, yeah. Culture of the Lamb. I, th I think this is probably – it's an interesting conversation to have, like separate just from, from, from Cult of the Lamb itself. It's like this might be the year – and indies have been strong for years, right? Indies came back in a, in a big way years ago, and they've always been a big part of the scene. This might be the first year in a while where you could really, I think with some authority, say this, this was a better year for indies than it was for AAA. This was a year that was more defined oh, by yeah. good indies than it was for AAA. Um, just because it's it just just the calendar, just the planet just lined up in such a way that it was really strong for indies and the big AAA games because so many have slipped are kind of having a bit of a quiet year. Dude, I, I didn't even bring up Rollerdrome, which Rollerdrome is one of the dopest games I've played uh, uh, all year. Like, I want to try that out. Yeah, it's 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 so good. But yeah, that's up there too. And then I, I look at the games that are about to come out. Right, there's this game Tinykin that looks really cool. That's a mm -hmm. 3D platformer. And then also uh, I think it's called Immortality or Immortal from sam barlow the developer of her story uh, oh for and, sure yeah yeah and telling lies yeah there's more that, to come yeah indies are not done yet yeah and so like it's a really exciting year and then i i do think that the, the fall is going to pick up a bit in triple a but like i don't know man like i think indies have kind of dominated it this year and for the triple a's i'm excited about it's there they are like the almost indie level triple a's right aside from like the god of wars of the world but i but then i look to high on life which is a game from I don't even know I from Justin Roiland, right? Yeah, Justin Roiland, yeah. But I is, I think the developer is Squanch Games, and they're not indie, but they're also not AAA, right? They're like in that weird in between space. But I I would kind of count them in that indie conversation a bit. And then you get to the Scorns of the World and other games that feel a little bit more uh, low key and like a Plague Tale Requiem. You know, yes. it's a really exciting exciting. Um, yeah, it's year not it's not like it's not like a dead year for AAA. It's just you know because a bunch of titles slips and because indies are so strong. I know I know for sure that my like when if I have to do my like top five for the year at the, at the coming, you know, even kind of extrapolating out like what's coming and, and like, like there's a good chance like Saints Row could possibly blow me away. I'm looking forward to playing that. But of what I've played so far, there aren't any AAA. The only AAA game that I would put on my game of the year list so far is Kirby and Forgotten Lands, oh. which I think which I think is fantastic and I think is probably going to clean up for Nintendo Game of the Year when they do the category. Oh yeah, Pacific Awards. I personally think it should be in the Game of the Year conversation overall. It won't win anything, but it should at least be on the list. It'll win but a family for, game. But for me, Stray and Stray and Cult of the Lamb are probably the two top contenders. The thing I like really like about Cult of the Lamb that I found so interesting from like a game design perspective is I'm sure there are other examples, but off the top of my head, I was really struggling to think of other examples of a game that mashes together two completely different game genres, right? But in a way where they do feel like, it's not jarring, they actually do feel like they complement one another. And it means that, you know, if you get tired of one particular, you know, I'm a bit, bit tired of managing my, my village right now. I think I'll go on a on a on a crusade and and, and you know and do some combat. I know you come, then, then that gets tiring. You come back and there's always something. There's always like a different flavor. I I personally prefer like the management sim a little bit. I like you know oh, I need to build some more of this and more of that. Like that's just you know everyone loves loves those kind of games. And I was like sometimes I would put off going on crusades because like the rogue like combat. Like I'm not brilliant at it. I'm playing just on the medium difficulty. But I tell you something. When I beat a boss. Because the bosses aren't that difficult, which is great for me. But when I beat a boss, like it's so exhilarating. You know, like when you get when you feel I'm sure Elden Ring players know what I'm talking. When you get into like a good boss battle oh, and you yeah. just barely beat it, that feeling of like exhilaration, like ah oh, yeah, I got you. Like every time I beat a boss in 
cult of the lamb i get that feeling and it kind of energizes you to kind of keep playing and i just love it i think it's such a clever game the style of it is is brilliant just the aesthetic is is really really cool i just think it's a, a just a, a little mini masterpiece absolutely love it hell yeah well, Gary, enough about Cult of the Lamb. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Toys for Bob teasing a new game, Xbox teasing Death Stranding coming to Game Pass, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games, We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or... You can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above, get to write in. And silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you, a new Kind of Funny X-Cast is up right now featuring the devs of Rumbleverse. Uh, the X-Cast crew gets to talk about them or talk to them uh, all about what it was like making the game. Uh, you can catch that right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and on podcast services around the globe. Is that, a, is, that, is that a fun one, Gary? Did you enjoy talking to the Rumbleverse crew? Yeah, and I was actually the only person because I've just been so busy. I didn't have a chance to play the game before. Um uh i went on so you know i tried to kind of limit my questions to just kind of like general ones about it right you know paris and, and mike were able to kind of move, get into it more specifically because they played it a bunch but no it was it was really really interesting i'm fascinated by the whole battle royale you know subgenre, and you know it was interesting to talk to them about like trying to make something that you know kind of stands out in what has become a very crowded space it's it's funny because one of the questions i had from them was like how like, like how did you what are the some of the things you wanted to do try and differentiate yourself in in battle royale which is a very crowded marketplace and they're like well when we started developing this game four years ago it wasn't that crowded like it, it became crowded in the time that it took them to to make the game so it was kind of interesting to see like how the landscape can kind of shift under your feet even as you're developing a game but i got to tell you between between talking to them about the i didn't know that much about it going in talking to them about it uh, yesterday and then i watched greg and and and, and mike they teamed up last night and played some uh on twitch between those two things it kind of sold me on it. i want to at least give it a try it looks like a lot of fun yeah it's one that i, I want to try out more it's I, I tried it out a little bit it's funny the one of the first things that came that um uh that i thought once i booted up the game was wow fortnite has had such a big influence in video games who would have ever thought? i mean look at the aesthetic right it's yeah it, i think I, I think i remember the very first time they did a trailer for rumbleverse thinking like i like i spent the first 30 seconds thinking this is a fortnite trailer because it's so similar yeah. And it's like, it's very, I think it's clearly very deliberate. I mean, they're both, you know, published by Epic. It's all good. You know, I imagine you might even see some kind of crossover event at some point, you know, where skins from one game, you know, characters from Rumbleverse appear in Fortnite and vice versa. Or maybe they'll find some way to actually do some kind of like cross play event. That would be really cool. I don't know. But um, no, very, you're, you're absolutely right. When you, there's so many, I mean, Knockout City went for a similar aesthetic, oh, right? Yeah. Like that Fortnite aesthetic has really, I mean, even when yeah, you, it's really, you, it's influenced a lot of people that want to try and get the same piece of that market. And even when you want to talk about UI, right, in the in the menus, mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. I've been playing a lot of multiverses recently, and that's another one where as soon as you boot it up, like obviously the game is a different kind of game, but the menus and the UI is so Fortnite in a way where I'm like, wow, they really they really did something here, right? Like Fortnite has now had ripples in, in ways that have affected multitudes of games already, sure. let alone I'm sure what we'll see in the next probably decade of video games. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Guy V, and the Saboteur. Today, we're brought to you by Shopify and Uplift, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. 
It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with number one, a very exciting one. Toys for Bob is teasing a new game. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. Skylanders and Crash Bandicoot developer Toys for Bob could be gearing up to reveal a new game. On Tuesday, the Activision studio tweeted an image showing off 17 games it has, in, it has developed and teasing a mystery 18th title. Toys for Bob is perhaps best known as the creator of Skylanders. Uh, it most recently developed 2020's Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, and 2018's Spyro Reignited Trilogy. The Novato, California-based studio has also contributed to the, to the Overwatch, Tony Hawk's, and Call of Duty franchises, among others. Last May, Activision denied claims that Toys for Bob had suffered layoffs and said it will continue to support Crash Bandicoot 4 alongside a new role working on Call of Duty Warzone. According to several job listings currently advertised on the website, quote, Toys for, Bob, uh, Toys for Bob's experienced developers are looking for creative individuals ready to take on exciting and new projects, end quote. VGC reported late last year that Toys for Bob was potentially hiring for non-Call of Duty projects, as indicated by a listing on its internal career site. In June, it was suggested that Toys for Bob could be working on a new Crash Bandicoot game. Now, Gary, you're part of the Kind of Funny X cast, right? The Xbox podcast here. Activision and Toys for Bob, by extension, are now under the Xbox umbrella. That being the case, what do you think they might be teasing here? I don't know. That, I mean, that's that's an interesting angle. Do you think? Um... I because here's the thing. I'm not trying to imply anything. All I can talk about is what I what would excite me. Are you trying to suggest that Crash Bandicoot could come to the Xbox? I'm trying to uh, listen. I'm trying to suggest that these guys who have revived Crash Bandicoot, these guys who have who have revived Spyro, I think it could be really smart and really exciting to have them work on Banjo Kazooie. Make a new baby. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about on the X cast, because I, you know, one of the things I'm proud of about the X cast is I don't think of us as like, you know, platform warriors, you know, Xbox, whatever you want to call it. Like, we're very, you know, we call it like we see it. Like, yeah, we're Xbox enthusiasts. We, lo I love the Xbox. That's why we do the podcast. But we don't just like blindly go, oh, Xbox better. Like, you know, when, when, you know, the PlayStation has an edge or we think there's something more interesting happening on the PlayStation side or an area where Xbox needs to improve, we'll call it out. And one of the areas in which I think that is the case, as you look at the two lineups, is if you were, if you were making a choice right now between PlayStation and Xbox, I mean, I, I say it all the time, like 90% of the games are the same. There's a handful of, of you know, first-party exclusives that make the difference. But to that end, if, you were, if you're a big platformer, if you like kind of cutesy platformers, um, it's one of the areas where I think it's no contest in terms of PlayStation. Xbox doesn't really have, I don't think, a standard bearer. Uh, you know, it has a standard bearer shooter. It has a standard bearer, you know, driving game. It has standard bearers in in lots of different genres. But it does not have a standard bearer platformer the way that PlayStation has like a glut of them, right? You know, it's got it's oh, yeah. got Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet, it's, got, you got it, Astro, it's got Spyro. It's got, got Astro. It's got Sackboy, it's got Crash Bandicoot, it's got Te like they... technically it doesn't have Spyro anymore. Now I believe Spyro belongs to will, will belong to Xbox. But, I mean, cer certainly historically, and even and even like oh, yeah. right now today, like there's there's it, like it's the one it's the one genre where I think there's like the biggest gulf between the PlayStation offerings and the um and the and the Xbox offerings. And we joke all the time about on the about how we'd love to see Banjo Kazooie come back. But in all seriousness, I would love to see it come back. I think it's the closest thing Xbox currently owns to, you know, something in that space. 
but yeah, I guess obviously now they do technically own Crash and Spyro and stuff like that. But like Banjo Kazooie is the one that has, you know, that was born on the Xbox. It's it's known as an Xbox title. I think that I think there would be a lot of fondness for it if they were. I, I don't know about Banjo Kazooie being born on the Xbox. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of Nintendo sixty four erasure right there. Well, that's that's that, okay. That's that's fair enough because rare, you know, because rare, you know, Banjo Kazooie started on the Nintendo died on and the then Xbox. You know, yeah, oh, come on, on, honestly, having... yes, that is true. All right, so let's look. But like, okay, I think it's fair to say that right now, as we speak, if you're thinking about Banjo Kazooie, you think about it being on the Xbox, right? It's not. For it's sure. not. It's not like the next. Look, look at it this way. We've, think, all, we've all accepted reality that there's Banjo never going to be like an another Xbox Banjo Kazooie game like on the Switch or anything, right? That ain't Correct. happening unless they kind of put it back on like Nintendo Switch online emulator bullshit. Oh, that reminds me, mm. I've got to play Wave Race now. They put that on. I'm excited about that. Yeah. But yeah, so I feel like that of all the candidates, so if they're looking at like instead of like, you know, I guess they could just create something completely new. What a radical idea! But if they, if they're looking at what they own and what they have, like you know, if like Phil Spencer says, okay, like I have looked at the situation we're in, and we don't have an answer to Sony on like where are the platform games. Let's let's fix that. What can we develop? What 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 can be our platform standard bearer? I think you have to look at Banjo. It ain't fucking Conquer. I'll tell you that. You got to I think you got to look at Banjo. Oh, but it could be. And I, I, I think that's less like long-term thinking, but you know, I mean, if Banjo was a success, I would probably go with Conquer next, but like Banjo yes. and they should call it Banjo 3E. Like I think that would oh, just be 100%. That would be, be the thing that will get people hyped. We all want Banjo 3E. And I think the idea of having a developer like Toys for Bob, who obviously, as you mentioned, have a ton of experience in this space. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's funny as you're as you're talking, Ryan, talking about the the 3D platformers that represent PlayStation, right? Versus the, the what Xbox could have. A, a few people in chat were saying Super Lucky's Tale, to which no. I feel like that's more of an indicator of like where the 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 vast gap the is gap. between yeah. fucking yeah, Oculus yeah, between that and other platforms. Like Super Lucky's, ask any kid on the street who Super Lucky's Tale is. Like any kid on the on the street, most of them will not be able to tell you who the fuck. And listen, Super there's going to be I've, one who's like, I've got you know, I've got a 3D platformer at home, and the 3D platformer at home. Is yeah, Super that's right. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, we have we have 3D platforming at home, and then that you know, it, it is it is the bullshit game. Uh, to be fair, I've played Super Lucky's Tale, and it's actually not that bad. There's just nothing about it like that's gonna bring, that's gonna ascend it to that level that you know when you think of like top tier platformers I, 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 I from a just purely as like a is this a good piece of game design is this a competent platformer that you'll enjoy playing yes but like in this age of like character ever since mario right you say in this age it's always been this way mm -hmm. like the character is central to the platformer right whether it's um mario or sonic or crash or fucking bubsy or lucky's tale or banjo or conquer you name it those games are all based around characters and personality yeah. and who is the guy like crash was entirely built off the idea of like here's a character with, with attitude right the poochie of video games essentially um you know, sonic was built all around that like here's yep. here's like a cool character in a cool world and you know the, the game was almost secondary to that so it's almost like who's the cool character first and i've always thought that Ban i mean look at them there was remember when banjo Kazooie showed up in um, Smash Bros. There was a ton of excitement about that, and I oh, think yeah. it, it it speaks to the the undercurrent of fondness that, that is there. I do think it's something that Xbox need to address again. If you look at the two lineups, Xbox and PlayStation, I think I've got very similar. Like you're you're not going to be unhappy on on either platform, right? There's plenty of games and lots of great stuff. Except and like, except if you're if a big priority for you is platforming and those kind of cutesy platformers and games you can play with your kids that are in that vein. PlayStation wins it hands down. It's it's an area where I think Microsoft really lags, need, lags behind and 
they need to I think they need to play some catch up. I, yeah, I, I, and I think it's important for the all ages aspect too, right? When mm. I remember leading into the the launch of the PS5, one of the things that I, I kept touting was, "Oh yeah, they're gonna reveal a knack at some point because they gotta have something for the families." You know, like gaming is a thing that's for every everybody, and being able to to hit on on all aspects, that's where you're gonna bring an audience in. The, Nintendo was so successful because they have such a, a great offering of games that can appeal to to the whole family in fact they focus in on the younger audience and they're very successful doing it um and so like the playstation launching with things like uh you know astro's playroom but then also uh sackboy big adventure that's really big for playstation so, and by the I way mean, sackboy's big adventure is a really good game i think that got, dude, I, I think that game got slept on a little bit when it launched gary you're made after my own heart because i say this all the time like people don't put enough respect on sackboy big adventure that was a really fun video game and but it's then, so yeah, follow- polished and it's so like there's there's so much love and, and, and they got the work that went into there. that game oh yeah it's so it's, good. yeah i but mean yeah, I, then, I, I was playing it thinking oh my god what did they pay for this soundtrack right because it's a ton of like bangers like pop you know oh, chart yeah. hits that they have in that soundtrack just beautifully made beautifully made game i actually bought an extra dual sense control i have no need in this house for three dual sense controllers except we bought one so that all all three of us in the house my wife and my my kid could all play sack uh, play sack boy together we had a great time but yeah then following that up with one of your big biggest exclusives in that post-launch year being ratchet and clank what a game i think that's playstation understanding the different sects of their audience that they that they need to hit and doing it very successfully i think if xbox could have that uh, could have that same level of range of hey we have the the gears of war and the halos for the hardcore shooters out there we got the um the skyrims or like the i should say elder scrolls right or the big western rpgs for the the, the nerds out there right but we also have the banjo kazooies or the crashes or the spiros or the psychonauts right like I, which if they you're do have to, they they do have right, and Psychonauts two uh, was you know cross platform, but I think now that they have now that they have Double Fine in their pocket, the, in the future they can continue to have those things be exclusive to the platform. I think you're able to paint a better picture of characters across the platform uh, in the in the way that Nintendo is the king kings of, and Sony at this point is getting really good at right when you're talking about the you know the Horizons, the Spider Man, the the Jin Sakai's from from uh, Ghost of Tsushima's, but then also. The Sackboys, the Astrobots, you know, the I know we don't talk about Sly Cooper as much, but I guess the Slides, right? The Ratchets. You know, if, if Xbox is able to paint that same level of uh, uh, painting of here are the characters that we have in our system that represent our platform that you see and you identify with, and it can that's, be a that is, Crash, Spyro. That's a really strong That is That is an right area there. where I really do think Xbox does have work to do. Because again, if you yeah. look at characters, right? If you look at things you can relate to, not just game types, but when they when they do their little, you know, when like PlayStation Studios comes up and all the, it's almost like the Marvel logo where you get like little glimpses of all the characters. They have, you know, Kratos. They have Joel and Ellie, right? They have Nathan yep. Drake. They have uh, Ratchet and Clank. They have all these great, not just great games, but great characters that you can relate to. I don't think Xbox really has that. I don't think Mike. I don't think Master Chief is a character anyone can really relate to. He's a cipher. He's a guy behind a fucking helmet. Like what? Where, where am I going? Like, that's not a character. Like, I, I don't find that that interesting. Um, and, you know, Horizon isn't character-based. Like, Gears of War, Marcus Phoenix, maybe. But, like, these, it's to me, it's all, like, second-string stuff. Like, I, I really feel like that's actually, this is a bigger conversation. But it's not just that, that Microsoft needs to to plug a gap with um, certain types of games, which they do. Like, in, like, family-friendly platformers, they got very little. But I actually think, like, I, I think I slightly prefer Sony's strategy of of building a, a big roster of games around characters like as soon as you see kratos like you fucking know 
right? Oh yeah. And and I feel like that's 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 something that Microsoft would would be well advised to try and develop more of, like mem- not just mem- not just memorable games, but memorable games built around characters, rel- characters that everyone relates to. Oh, I love Joel and Ellie. I love Kratos. You know, I love uh, Nathan Drake. Like we all, the part of the part of the reason we love those games is they they have great characters. Same reason we love great movies and TV shows, right? They have great characters at the center of them. I don't think that for some, for whatever reason that's not been a big part of the Microsoft strategy, but. I, I personally prefer the Sony way of doing things. Yeah. Really quick, I have a question, bringing it back to Toys for Bob. How likely is it that it's actually Banjo, though? Because the this deal, I think, from what I understand, still hasn't gone through It still hasn't gone through, yeah. That's actually yeah, where I was so, going to take it. Okay, cool. uh, And, like, me, me bringing up Banjo is more so of a, this is what I think they should do, and this is what I, I, what I think they will eventually do, right? Like, right now, mm. all we're getting from Toys for Bob are the is that image with the question marks on the 18th game, right? It is Spyro Reignited Trilogy was our 16th game. Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, was number 17. And now number 18... We're working, we're working on it, right? I think eventually a banjo will make it in there, but I do think that if I had to read the tea leaves or if I had to make an actual uh, guess on what they're working on here, I'll say it's probably a, the next Spyro. I think it's the new Spyro game, Spyro 4, or whatever they decide to call it. But it will be in the same vein of, of as Crash Bandicoot. That'd be my guess. We all down like for it. that? We want a new Spyro? I'm, I'm, I, I'm just agreeing with you. I would prefer Crash. I'm not as big of a Spyro fan, and Crash 4 was so good. Um, so I would just like want more of what they did with Crash Four, but you know, give it, give the Spyro fans some love. I'm I'm down. Yeah, because I'm a, listen. I like Spyro more more than Crash, but I got, I respect Crash. I think I mean people love Crash Four, and I believe in that Crash Four is a good game. A new Spyro would be the one to get me in. That's what I want. Oh, I don't like, know if there, if there was ne- if there was around. never another Spyro game, I wouldn't lo- wouldn't lose a minute sleep over it. Really? Oh man, I, I love me <laughs> Spyro, Mary. man. I love me some Spyro. But enough about that. Let's hop into story number two. It's Death Stranding coming to Game Pass? Question mark, question mark. Uh, I asked this because yesterday, uh, yesterday morning, actually, like right after we did KGD, uh, at Xbox Game Pass PC, the verified uh, Twitter account, tweeted out, sometimes we just like a good landscape picture. Hashtag new profile pic. Now, that might seem innocent. That might seem like nothing. But if you then full screen their profile picture and then enhance, 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 it looks like it's Death Stranding. Like, Barry, Wait, where's this like, tweet? I'm gonna go look at it. Where, where, point me to this tweet at Xbox Game Pass PC. I'm, I'm also showing it on the, the Discord there. Oh, Barry. okay, let me pull yeah. it. Uh, so, like, if pull. you look at the Barry, are you able to click into the profile, okay, maybe full screen the profile picture. Like, oh, so you're saying that's 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 a, a landscape from the world of Death Stranding? Yes, 100%. 100, there's no chance that's some other game. Yes, 100. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, go back to the picture again, Barry. Because I'm pretty sure I walked across this landscape. This looks like the opening landscape in the first area it of the game. It does. I mean, this and the is, this rain is part looks of what like Timefall. This is part of what put me off the game is when I first started playing is this shitty, dreary, bleak fucking landscape. I, I found it depressing. I mean, like, there's no, they, they, they wouldn't do a tweet and make a point of changing their profile pic unless they were trying to draw your attention to something that they thought was cool, right? So. Oh, yeah. And then Barry, if you if you're able to look at the oh replies, here we go here we yeah, go oh so yeah, yeah I was, I was going to say when some internet detectives put it together right yeah and so this is cool like I this it's interesting because Death Stranding piece has been released on PC right PlayStation published game on PlayStation platforms 505 game publishes it on PC um I think on on Steam or Epic kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong I don't think it's on the on the Xbox PC store but I guess this would be confirmation that it's coming. Which is dope, which also means that, hey, could we get Death Stranding on Xbox? And Kojima's working on a game for Xbox. 
Like, is that is that going to happen? I would imagine so. Well, I mean, I, I correct me, educate me here. What is the what is the nature? Death Stranding is not like a first party Sony game, right? It's it's a third party game <sighs> that was exclusive to PlayStation initially. Gary, you're, you're asking a lot of questions right now that I don't think even I mean, is that a difficult has question to, to answer though. Nobody knows. It was published as a first part first party game. It is historically what would be called a second party game because it was a third party made thing that was published by the, the first party. But yeah, Death Stranding when it came to PlayStation was published as a first party thing. But then when it came to PC, 505 took it over for whatever reason, right? That's right. that's somewhere in the contract that none of us have access to of why that happened. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're not going to see Death Stranding on the Xbox anytime. I mean, like, even, the, even in the wacky world that we live in where MLB, the show, can come to Xbox and actually be a better proposition on Xbox because it's on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at this point, anything. Like, like there, was a, there, was a, there was a parody article that came out today on Twitter. The headline was Xbox, you know, Xbox announces that all Game, pa- game Pass uh, users will be receiving a free actual dog. Like a like a puppy that they'll just send you, and I'm like, it took me a second to go. Well, I don't know, maybe fucking Game Pass. You just never know these days. Um, so who who the hell knows? But my my guess is like Death Stranding, which is already on PC, coming to Game Pass sounds like not that much of a leap at all. A- an Xbox version sound that's a very different proposition. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, it being under the Xbox branding name, I would have thought would have been enough for PlayStation to be like, no. Because if I remember correctly, and again, this is all you know, contractual IP ownership stuff that can get gray and messy, but I believe Sony does own Death Stranding. Like, if, if a new Death Stranding is getting made, it's, it's being made under Sony. Um, that being the case, I would be shocked that... Uh, I am shocked that they're allowing this to happen under the... Like, an Xbox-branded thing. And I'll think that if you're going, if it's gone that far for that to happen, then I wonder along the lines like, hey, 505 just published Death Stranding on Xbox. I mean, it's like I said, the 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 day I heard about, the, there was, there was, there was the, my life before I heard the MLB, the show was coming to Xbox Game Pass and my life after. And like once, mm. once that happened, I felt like we crossed some kind of Rubicon where like just who the fuck knows what yeah. can happen next. Like, I mean, but, would, would, en- would anybody have bet on, if I'd have said to you like a, a week mm. or a month before MLB show, MLB the show was announced for Game Pass, if I'd have pitched that on this show, you would have laughed at me, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Okay. And yet it happened. So who the yeah. fuck knows? Uh, uh, chat brought that up. I think Corey Cudney brought that up. And uh, my response to that though is like MLB forced Sony's hand because it's not like, Sony owns the MLB, right? Right. Like, like, like they, yeah. They just license yeah. that IP out to them, essentially, right? It's probably, it's like probably if, on, yeah. It's probably there in, like, in spite of Sony's approval, right? Not oh, a hundred percent. MLB was like, we see the success of Game Pass. Like, I, I think this was like stuff that was coming out uh, as that uh, news story was breaking of uh, it coming to other consoles, not just uh, Xbox, but also Switch and stuff. Um, and so. Because Death Stranding, it seems I, th- I I think Nano was saying that Sony does own the IP of Death Stranding, uh, then they have more control there. But if it's something where you know they allow the uh, um, publishing to be five hundred five on PC, then Let's, maybe I, there's only so much. Yeah, you're, you're, there. you're not you're not going to see Death Stranding on on Xbox any more than you would see Uncharted or The Last of Us on Xbox. If Sony mm. completely controls it, why would they give, why would, you know, they, 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 they're making I mean, the argument, come to Sony, the only place where it. you can play this and that. Like, why why would they, why would they give that but up? But like, why would they put it on Xbox Game Pass on a, on PC? Like that's PC where- PC is kind of different. It, PC's weird. PC is different, but Xbox Game Pass on PC? 
I don't know, man. That for me, that's like okay. Somebody has more control over the other. Like maybe Sony doesn't have complete say over what's happening with Death Stranding. That's kind of where I because we we just a week ago I want to say we we were talking about how PlayStation legit blocks games from coming to Game Pass, right? And like that's business, right? That's marketing. That's how all the stuff works. But like they care about Game Pass. Like it's not just Xbox they care about. They care about games coming coming to to Game Pass. They're willing to fight to not have games come to Game Pass. The fact that Death Stranding is coming to Game Pass. I feel like says something. Somebody, I, I, I and, and, and this is just internet bullshit, and I don't know the source of it at all. But like, in the same way, you can go both ways, right? For example, when Fall Guys launched, it was exclusive to Sony, and it was on PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus, right? And the reason for that was, and I remember Phil Spencer like told me this directly, is because Sony fucking paid them a shitload of money, right? Paid mm-hmm. MediaTonic a shitload of money to have it be a PlayStation exclusive and have it be on on PlayStation Plus. And that may be a, a, part of the reason why it took so long for it to come to other formats because they need they had to wait for that deal to expire. Um, in the same way. I think Sony, you, you can also go the other way, right? Which is like, you can incentivize developers. Somebody told me that one of the reasons why I was complaining the other day about how Cult of the Lamb's not on Game Pass, because Game Pass has created this, inter- this terrible, like the dark side of Game Pass has created this kind of entitlement mentality where we're so used to like all the games we want being on Game Pass and when one falls outside of that and you're like, wait, I've got to go to the store and fucking buy this? fuck is that like you just you're not not used to it because we're so spoiled by game pass mm-hmm. and when I, I was like i went to game pass got oh caught the lamb i hear it's good i want to play it let's see if it's on game pass and it's not i was like oh i gotta go buy it which i was happy to do but still you have that little moment of like oh it's not on game pass because game pass is becoming the norm somebody told me that part of the reason why it's not on game pass is sony paid them not to put it on game pass is they will incentivize you to not not do any uh, you know additional you know, subscriber deals or whatever with, with competing platforms because I think they know that if it's on Game Pass, again, if you've, if you've got both platforms, and I think probably most people don't, right? But for the people that do, if you've got to make a choice between, you know, this is why, why the Activision, you know, Call of Duty deal is such a big deal, right? Even if it's going to continue to be on PlayStation. If you've got both consoles and you've got a choice between paying $70 for it on PlayStation or getting it essentially for free as part of the Game Pass subscription you've already paid for, it's no-brainer right and so and that's true of every game that comes out if it's a multi-platform game and it's on and it goes the other way as well as well, as well. Let's, say, let's say you had you had to buy a game a la carte on xbox but you can get it as part of like playstation plus super extra duper essential plus premium or whatever the fuck they call those different tiers you're going to go there as well like you're going to go where the best value is because the games are roughly the same right they perform oh, roughly yeah. the same it's not a big difference between these third-party titles on one platform or another and so you're going to go you're, you're going to go to the platform where you've essentially already paid for it so it's interesting to see that there is this, if it's true, to see that there are now these kind of, you know, money trucks being pulled out, not just to get your game, to put your game on your subscriber platform, but to actually keep it off the subscriber platforms of, of your competitors. Regardless, everybody should check out Death Stranding. It's a very brilliant game. Uh, if you have PC, if you got Game Pass, definitely give it a try. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but if it is your cup of tea, it'll be a real hot cup of tea <laughs> you will enjoy that tea uh and so check out get, check out um death stranding on game pass if you get the chance for now though let me talk about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors this episode is brought to you by shopify who powers all of the merch on kind slash store shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start run and grow your business shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so upstarts startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale including kind of funny and rooster teeth shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps from on-demand 
printing to accounting to advanced chatbots and beyond. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Go to shopify.com slash KF games. That's all lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Again, that is shopify.com slash KF games. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash KF games right now. Shopify.com slash KF games. Now, Andy, take it away. Shout out to Uplift for sponsoring this episode. I've been using my Uplift desk for well over a year now. I love the thing so much, I decided to write a rap song for them. The build quality is real good. It's made of real high quality wood. They didn't ask for it, I just did it anyway. Getting my Uplift desk immediately improved my mood. Whenever I'm on shows, I'm standing up, I'm feeling a lot more energetic. And also, I kind of feel like I was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day. I would move my legs up, I'd sit underneath my legs on my chair, and eventually all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me. Choose from laminate, whiteboard, bamboo, solid wood, butcher block, or even custom solid wood or laminate options. Uplift Desk won New York Times Wire Cutters Best Standing Desk from 2019 to 2022. And while I'm at it, I'm just going to give them an award as well. Best Standing Desk that I use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now. Uplift Desk have a 15-year warranty. They ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping. So if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, maybe you want some more energy in your life. Maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a Zoom call or something. Uplift your life. Go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift. Story number three goes out to Barrett. Uh, Gotham Knights has gone gold. Uh, this is tweeted directly from their Twitter account at WB Games. MTL stands for Montreal. Uh, they tweeted out the first first half of the tweet in French. I don't know if you want me to read the French part. I'll just read the English part for you. Uh, the whole Gotham Knights team is proud to announce that we've officially gone gold. See you in October. I imagine it's the exciting. French part is can, can, just the can English you, part. Can you read it in French? The French part is for sure just the English part. I can I can I can try the French. I took Go for a it. lot of French. Uh, okay. Toute l'équipe de Gotham Knights est fière de vous annoncer que nous sommes officiellement gold on se retrouve on october i definitely I at, a lot of it. I, I, yeah i, was I think like the the psalm is i think the s is supposed to be silent uh, at the psalm. end there i, oh, I, was actually, I also took french but it, i didn't have a great french teacher i'm going to be honest in high school i was actually mm. a little bit aroused by that oh thank you wow. Gary. Oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna learn some more french if that's the reason if that's the response i'm getting i'm going all the way man I'm let do fromage. I think you should. I think you should go back and like double down on the French and speak more French. I mean, I can try, Gary. Uh, Gary, does, is Gotham Knights? Does that excite you? <sighs> Potentially. I mean, I do like that kind of game. I loved um, the Spider-Man games, and this is a similar kind of thing, like the 360 combat and roaming around the city and superheroes and stuff. I just worry that it's gonna, based on some of the little clips that I saw of combat it kind of feels a bit to me like I got the impression like, yeah, I, I, see, I see what you're doing. You want to, you want to be in that club with Spider-Man and, and, and the Arkham games, but it feels a little bit, not quite the A-list version of that. Do you know what I mean? Like just not mm. quite as good. I don't know that it's hard to tell from a video, but that was just the sense that I got like second string DC heroes. Like maybe it may be kind of like a second string. I think I said the other day, it feels more like a CW show than like, like a big cinematic, you know, DC mm. movie. I don't know, Barry. Where are you at? You're the you're the big uh, Batman Arkham person here. I, like I I know it's up and downs with this game. Every single time you get a new trailer, yeah. you get the content for it. Where are you at right now? 
I yeah, I worry about you know how the gameplay is going to feel. It, it's they've talked about like uh, you know it's we've even seen right from gameplay reveals from like IGN first and stuff that it's definitely not going to be Arkham Combat. It's going to be a little bit more RPG focused, and uh, there are there will be characters that may control a little bit closer to Batman, right? Like they've teased that with uh, with Batgirl and stuff. Um, and so yeah, like I'm kind of up and down there. But then the story, the news story that broke like last week. Uh, I think also on an IGN first about how uh, WB Montreal like have gone back in 400 years in their Gotham city to like, kind of like lay out what the history of the Gotham city that they're building is. Um, And I talked about like, because they're tackling the core of owls, that's almost necessary for them to do. Um, But I still think that's cool that they're taking like the, the extra steps there to, to make sure that the, they're doing their version of the core of owls and, and, uh, Gotham City right and so like on a story level I am still excited uh, because like I say for Arkham Origins right that that open world was very it felt very uninspired it felt like uh, Arkham City again but I think the story is very strong so if if we get a kind of repeat of that like I'll it, it'll be okay it'll be a it'll be a solid seven you know, uh, kind mm-hmm. of like how a lot of people saw Arkham Origins and the people who are like, nah, it's going to be a four out of ten game. I I don't know. Maybe you should look at other actual four out of ten games. It might it might be very good, like on its own merits. The problem that I have is like no game exists in a vacuum. Right. And and for me, the 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 the, the high watermark, the gold standard is Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Right. Like the combat in those games and the, and the, and the traversal in those games is like as good as you can possibly imagine it being like f- swinging around the city yeah, feels amazing worm, just so you know listen the, the racking up, racking the up those about spider-man and batman racking up that i don't what, know really this, is there seriously de- a, a debate about yes. spider-man yes. who's yeah, on the dissenting side of that argument me really i i like the I, spider-man games more than the arkham games i think they're clearly better but not everybody agrees in fact 50 uh, percent of people disagree on the internet apparently that's yes. wacky i mean I, I, for me personally the spider-man games the all i'm saying is i the last game that i played like this was miles morales and and then before that spider-man and the traver the, the two things that define these types of games which gotham knights is clearly an entry into this same genre traversal free roam traversal around the city and kind of 360-degree combat against, like, packs of enemies at a time and kind of, kind of building out combos and stringing together moves. Spider-Man does that so well that I can't just, like, forget that. And if I go play a game play a game that's similar to it but not as good, it's it's going to suffer in comparison. That's that's my only point. Yeah. And honestly, like, you know, it, regardless of, like, the our back-and-forth debates on Arkham versus Spider-Man, right? Like, I think Gotham Knights kind of exists in a bucket of its own where even compared to other Arkham games, it seems like it's lacking. Um, and that's just from the trailers of like seeing, see, seeing gameplay and stuff. I'm actually excited for the Court of Owls story. Hearing Barrett talk about it, hearing Tamor talk about it, and other people that like Batman and read the Batman comics, it sounds like a really interesting narrative. And, you know, them doing the whole Batman is dead thing that I do not believe for a second. I'm like, I'm excited to see where they, they, where, where they take that they stuff. said, like, the game will start with him dead and the game will end with him dead. And so now I'm convinced that they're going to revive him in the middle of the game and he's, then he's yep. going to die a second time. <laughs> that, that Lazarus pit is for sure getting, getting put to use. Um, but yeah, like it's they one might that not need I'm, a Lazarus pit. Who knows? Who knows? Are there other ways to revive people in the DC world? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's one that I'm, 
I'm anticipating, but I'm not highly anticipating. You know, like I'm I'm down to play it. I I'm down to play with friends, especially. I think that's the thing that might bring more joy to it if I can par uh, uh, party up with like a you or Barrett or my friend Yami or anybody else that's playing the game uh, and have a good time. I think that'll be the thing that helps elevate the experience. But yeah, when I, whenever I see gameplay of it, I'm like, oh man, this is reminding me of Avengers in terms of the RPG elements and the gear and the, the different characters that all seem like I don't know, like they're not giving me that traditional batman arkham action feel right this seems like it's being more adapted to that rpg grind em up style gameplay that i don't know i don't necessarily want from this kind of batman game but mm. i'm not gonna write it off yet i definitely want to i want to give it a give it a shot at the very least and my last thing here is that i, I i'm glad that the studio is doing something different. I felt like they're, I even talked about in my uh, uh, Arkham Files series last year, that I felt like WB Montreal was kind of put into a box being forced to uh, make an Arkham game, which was a series that they didn't necessarily create, uh, which was from Rocksteady, right? So I'm glad that they're, they're trying to do something different. I, I appreciate that. Will it work out in the end? Remains to be seen, but I'm, I'm glad we're not just getting Arkham again. For, uh, but that's just me personally. Story number four, uh, Jeff Keighley, he's on Twitter. He's dropping all sorts of teases for Gamescom opening night live. Uh, we got like a handful of different teases that he's put out here all on Twitter. Let's start off with Dying Light 2, which uh, seems like it's getting a new DLC. Uh, Barry, if you're able to pull up the tweet, I have it in the in the thing. You can we, you can go ahead and play the video. Uh, Jeff Keighley tweeted out, Tuesday, see the reveal of at Dying Light Game 2. It's Dying Light 2. Bloody Ties, the new DLC during Gamescom opening night live. Uh, Gary, did you get to check out Dying Light 2? No. So I, I, I checked it out. I beat it. I really dug it for the most part. There are a couple of things I didn't dig about it, uh, specifically the ending. Uh, but like me, me, uh, Greg, and Janet, I think Mike even, were all like genuinely surprised by how much we enjoyed this game. Um, and like looking at the trailer for the new DLC, they don't give us give us much to go on off of this tease, but it is like a guy that like leans down to pick up this cool looking skull mask. Um, and I don't know. I could be down for more Dying Light 2 content. It's I've not picked it up since what February, um, but I could be down for more. Like I, I might I might be into into playing playing some. DLC. Is this the one with the parkour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the one. Yeah, I I, I it never never appealed to me. Oh really? Well, what about it didn't appeal to you? Was it the zombies? I'm, I'm zombie. Well, first of all, I'm completely zombied out. Like there's been too many zombie games, and the the didn't you write one? I thought you you wrote the Walking Dead. Yeah, you and... helped burn us out. Part of part of the reason, I mean, that was more than ten years ago. I can't be responsible <laughs> for anything that happened more recently than that. But like, there's a whole story about why I did The Walking Dead. It's because like I got fucked up by zombie movies when I was a kid, and I thought working on it would like help me like process that and face my fear and, and get come out the other side. It didn't work, but you know, it was worth it was worth a try. But I just you know, and again, that was ten years ago. I mean, The Walking Dead was a big part of the reason why we are now where we are right it was such a huge success mm. to everybody wanted oh zombies are back like zombies like so hot right now like everybody jumped in with you know their you know their game their version of it and we've just seen so many different takes on it i, I just feel like it's like like let it sit for a bit like maybe we'll come the zombies will, will always be around come back to them another time but i feel like we are I, I wish that we were kind of at the tail end of the current years-long zombie trend because i'm just a bit over it now, does that apply to the Callisto Protocol? Because here, Jeff Keighley put out another tweet uh, talking about how next Tuesday, brand new gameplay from Callisto Protocol will, de will debut during opening night live. Uh, Glenn Schofield is flying all the way to Gamescom to join Jeff on stage. And also, Jeff also mentioned that he saw a sneak preview of the demo and it's a step beyond even the Summer Game Fest footage. Does Callisto Protocol do anything for you? Of course, that's the... the um, 
dead dead space uh looking game that's coming yeah. out this winter also no because i mean I, as i've said many many times before i don't like horror games the last horror game i played was fatal frame 2 on the playstation 2 wow and when, I, when i realized when i discovered to my horror my literal horror that that game fucks with you even when it's paused i was like you know what um fuck this game and fuck this genre i'm never I'm, I, I don't like them they're too scary the you wow. know like, I, I i i didn't know I'm, this about you gary this, this i don't surprises like horror me. games i don't i don't like them i can't watch i scare very easily like, i can't watch i couldn't watch a horror movie let me ask you something mm-hmm. could you could you sit at home on your own with the lights off and you're only, the only one in the house and watch like a really scary horror movie and then go to bed uh i could but also i think that defeats the purpose of it for me like i horror movies i'll prefer to watch with other people just because i think that's part of the experience right getting scared together getting freaked out together i could do it with a video game though like you give you give me a scary video game, I'll play it and like go to bed and, and and be fine. For the most part, there are certain games, usually the from software games that have certain levels of fucked up shit that aren't even like those aren't horror games, but they feel like horror games to me because they go far and beyond like the gigantic hands with like ten fingers that all look fucking freaky and shit. Yeah, that shit fucks me up. But something like Resident Evil or I assume like the Callisto Protocol or other horror stuff generally, like I'm usually fine with. Like the closest, like if, weirdly, I do actually enjoy watching people. Like you know how um, Mike and uh, and I can't remember who else was playing like the Mortuary Assistant on kind of funny recently. I mm. watched I watched some of those streams when that first came out in early access, and I found that game really scary. I can watch someone else do it because like I'm kind of at a remove, or I'm watching someone else play the game. It's not happening to me. But like I, I, I mean, I couldn't even play Gone Home on my own at home. I had really? to wait for my wife to come, and that's a game that only pretends that tries to trick you into thinking it's a horror game when really it's not. But like, there was a point in Gone Home where you had to go down like into this scary basement. Like, you know, I just don't want to do it. Now you I, love the I, quarry though, right? Like that, you're, do- you're yeah, fine with that but kind that's of more like tongue-in-cheek camp horror. That quarry, the quarry's not really that scary. Mm-hmm. It's more, it's more kind of like it's more fun, scary than like terrifying, scary. Okay. Like the really serious horror games. I personally think that the scariest horror game is scarier than the scariest movie. I think by, by, oh, I, I, I agree. I, I feel 100%. like video games, cause they're interactive. Cause it's you, right. Cause it's happening to you. The hot like video games are actually a better, more effective delivery mechanism for horror than movies are. Yeah. I mean, the most scared <clears throat> I've been playing a video game, it goes for a couple of games. Bloodborne fucked me up. Uh, and I think part of that is you don't just have the visual horror of these weird, grotesque things um, fighting you and chasing you. You also have to deal with, oh, if I die, I'm losing progress. Like, there's actual stakes here. If something jumps out from a corner that I can't see and, like, attaches to me and starts sucking my blood or doing whatever the Bloodborne beasts do. You know, right. like, that for me was terrifying. And then also uh, Resident Evil uh, 2 Remake, being in that same space as Mr. X and having him follow you all throughout the, yeah. the building... For me, that fucks me up. Having something that is constantly chasing me that I can't take out, that like I have to keep yeah. moving, I have to keep dodging this thing. I mean, that's literally the things. stuff of nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. I t- that it's... terrifies me. I can't do that. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a whole, I mean, I told you my story about the first time I ever tried PSVR, right? Like years ago at, uh, I think it was at Comic Con, like before, P- the, before the first PSVR came out, the Sony had like a little offsite place where like invite only you could go and check out PSVR. And I went over, there was me and a couple of other people. It was weirdly like, it was me, like Larry, like Major Nelson was there. And there's like a bunch of people that they were showing it to. And we put the helmets on and we tried like, there was like an asymmetrical kind of like action game that was fun. And I think we tried like, there was the, remember like the London heist thing that they had where you were like driving and shooting. Like they, we did that and it was really fun. And then the last one, there was like, okay, for this last one, we're not going to tell you anything about it. Like you go in completely cold. Mm-hmm. And I kind of suspected I knew where this was going. 
And I was like, no, I kind of want to know what it is because again, VR really like for me, there's like there's there's like scary movies, then there's scary games, and then there's VR scary games. Like that, mm. fuck that. Like I, I I I cannot do it. I just not I'm just not wired for it. I scare way too easily. And you know what it's like when something jumps at you out of a screen like on a 2D panel. That's one thing. But in 3D, when there's that in, oh, in VR, yeah. when there's a sense of like true proximity. Like it's terrifying. VR horror, and I won't do. That's the one. Without, so this, so they said, like, just put the just put the helmet on. Like, well, trust me. Like, the, the, our remit is like we, we we've been asked not to tell anyone what it is. I said, I said, if you don't at least give me some sense, I'm not putting the helmet on. And they, and they all they said was it's called the kitchen. And I'm like, that's you got to give me more. Like, what the fuck is this thing? And they said, well, we'll tell you this much. Have you ever seen any Japanese horror? And I just fucking walked out. <laughs> I just left. I was like, no, I'm leaving. I know that's 100% yeah. the right reaction to that, Gary. Yeah. Uh, and then one more from Jeff Keighley, again, teasing Gamescom opening night live. He tweeted out, next Tuesday, get your first look at the gameplay of The Expanse, a Telltale game series uh, during Gamescom opening night live. And so if you're looking forward to that Expanse game. You're going to see some gameplay there next Tuesday. We'll be live reacting to all of it. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games for now. Let's hop into story number five. The new Tales from the Borderlands game seemingly has a release date. Uh, this is from Wario64. This is a very fascinating one, right? So the, the, the new Tales from the Borderlands, which is the title of the game. I didn't realize that they're titling it like a Nintendo game. Uh, new Tales from the Borderlands, uh, of course, was announced a little bit ago. Like, not too long ago, I feel like. It must have been maybe, what, a year ago? Somewhere, somewhere around that, it was announced with a 2022 release date that I never believed, or re release window, I should say, that I never believed. Um, today, the store page went up on Amazon, and if you go to Amazon, right there, it says that the game is coming out October 21st with game details and everything. Now, I, I want to read a bit of the description here, but before I even do, Gary, have you been keeping up with... Are, are you a Tales from the Borderlands person? I guess should be my first question. I never played Tales. I mean, I played the only Borderlands game I played was the most. I played Borderlands three, and I played like maybe a third of the way through it, and I enjoyed it for a while, and then I just kind of, I just kind of fell off. So I'm not like deep into Borderlands. I can't. I honestly can't say that I'm a Borderlands fan. Like both the that cell shaded aesthetic and the kind of like almost trying too hard humor of it all. It doesn't. It's not my flavor. It's not my cup of tea. I think. I think they're very well made games. They're just not for me. So, Tales from the Borderlands, I absolutely loved. Probably my favorite uh, Telltale game. It's probably between that and the original season of Walking Dead. Uh, really great comedy. Really great writing. And honestly, was the thing that really sold me on the world of Borderlands because I liked playing the Borderlands games for the gameplay and in the, the shooting and, and co-op and stuff. Tales from the Borderlands is what made me go. Oh, no, I really like this world, actually. This world is actually really fun uh, fun to be in. And so I, I, when they announced this, I was looking forward to it kind of cautiously just because, you know, Telltale is not what Telltale was anymore. Um, and I believe the writers on this are more, they're, they're the actual Borderlands writers. It's not like the Telltale um, writers writing this game. And so I want to read the product description real quick to kind of give people some, like, context because we've not had big trailers for this game we've not had reveals or anything it's just been the announcement uh so the product description reads like this take a stand against ruthless corporate overlords in this narrative driven adventure within the per perpetuality war-torn metropolis of promethea you'll control anu octavio and fran on the worst day of their lives help these three lovable losers as they endeavor to change the world and maybe even save it face down a plan yeah, face down a planetary invasion, a vicious vault monster, and cold-hearted capitalist in the cinematic thrill ride where what happens next is up to you. Meet a motley cast uh, full of misfits, assassin bots, and talking guns in this race to the top. 
It's time to fight back against ex exploitation uh, and corporate greed. It's time to make mayhem your business. Uh, Pre-order offer, blah, 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 up to October 20th. And then, and then they get into, like, product details. But, yeah, like, apparently this game is coming October 21st. So, you can make the argument, again, I've, no, I've never played one, but you could make the argument that the Tales, yeah, they were a spinoff, right? The Telltale games were yeah. a spinoff. You could make an argument that the Tales of the Borderlands games are actually a better vehicle for that universe than the core Borderlands games, right? Which are like, I mean, they, the, the Borderlands, the main Borderland games, the mainline ones, do storytelling, they do cinematics, but most of the game is running around, go kill 10 rats and I'll give you a slightly better pair of trousers, you know, and, and come back and do it all again. And, you know, the, the combat stays the same, but the numbers go up. Like, that's partly why I got bored is because the, 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 the loop was, was very boring. For me, eventually, after a while, it started to be like, oh, you know, how much better can these trousers get? You know, like they're 500 now instead of 400. Like, who fucking cares? I got bored of that very quickly. But like for a, for a universe that is built on characters and comedy and storytelling, a game which is, is story and character focused, like a Telltale game is, I think is arguably a better vehicle for the Borderland universe than a shooter, you know, a looter shooter. Yeah, and I, I I like I liked Tales from the Borderlands. I think partly because they got that world into the hands of different writers. This doesn't mean just take, taking away from the people who write Borderlands. I think when you're playing those games, they're definitely writing for the kind of game that they want to make, which is a game filled with you know dick jokes and you know dumb goofs and you know ridiculousness to really amp up this crazy world that they've created. But I don't think that writing explores that world in a way that is that deep or that interesting and so taking that and yeah putting it in the hands of people that are making these choose your own adventure games that are character driven that are able to explore the world in deeper ways than what the borderlands borderlands games even try to do i think really help um shine some light in in, in terms of how good that world can be once it's in the right hands and so i'm looking forward to this you know i i got a lot of questions i want to see a trailer maybe at gamescom we'll get something um but it's what i'm keeping an eye on listen comedy is the hardest genre to do and i think games are the hardest medium to do comedy in which is why we have so in while there are so like nate like if i said you like name 10 brilliant comedy films you'd have no problem. If I said name 10 brilliant comedy TV shows, you'd have no problem. Mm -hmm. If I said you name even five brilliant games where like comedy is a big part of it, you're going to struggle. You're yeah. going to struggle because it's really hard to do. And, and, it's, and, and like even something like Borderlands, which is considered like a standard bearer, you know, you go, oh, yeah, well, Borderlands, right? That's a comedy game. But the level of humor in the comedy is, like I said, it's dick jokes and like slapstick, like, yeah. like st stuff that worry. I mean, I'd be interested to see what the Borderlands movie is going to be like. But like that, that if you took that kind of comedy and transported it into a video game or a TV show, you would consider that like the bottom level of comedy, like really base, really in your face. Like there's no sophistication, no nuance. Like it's like, like, like there is stuff out like Stanley Parable and stuff like that, which really does do comedy in a way that is much more nuanced and interesting and perceptive. But I would like, also say like is, any Tim Schafer game as well. And, and, and of course, sure, Tim, yeah, Schafer, yeah. Tim Schafer is like the, the master of it. But do you want to be, in, in general, do you want, like, there's, there are always a couple of exceptions. But do you want, for the most part, for some reason, even though even as video games have become much more mature and much more sophisticated and much better at storytelling and much better at doing so many of the things that things like movie and movies and television do well. For some reason, we're really, really lagging behind in comedy. I don't know why I mean, that is. Like, I, I, I would say that in the last decade or so right also even say like since 2010 or late 2000s i feel like video game narratives have um taken off and like gone far and beyond what they were in the in the era eras prior but 
has there been a game as funny as Portal Two since Portal Two? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, it literally occurred to me. Like I was, I was talking about Stanley Parable because I think as a comedy game as well. But I think you've got to say like, what's the what what's the best example ever of comedy in a video game? You'd have to say the Portal games. Nothing else yeah. even comes close. And, and again, that, that's because that, that's not slapstick. That's not that comedy is clever, and you've got to think about it. And it's all built in character and world building. And there's there's something going on there that is very. Like, you know, because it was the old man Murray guys, right? The guys that, you know, the, the guys that came to that, like, knew, they were funny people. They knew how to be funny in the context of a video game because it wasn't in your face. It wasn't slapstick. It wasn't dick jokes. And, but that, again, that's mm. so few and far between. I wonder why it is that we struggle so much to make video games funny. That's a good question. I honestly, I would love, I would love to actually talk to, you know, I, I was going to say, I'd love to talk about, talk to video game writers. You are literally are a video game writer, but uh, we don't, we don't have enough time in this episode. I feel like to explore that, but I would love to explore that with you sometime, Gary. Cause like I have the same, same exact question. Yeah. But hey, what Trover saves the universe is the last game I can remember dying, like dying, laughing hysterically. Cause it was so funny, but that's Justin Roiland, right? Like that is the writer of Rick and Morty. Is that what it takes to make video games funny? Like, does it need a well, Justin Roiland in there? I mean, in any genre, you know what the key to, the, what the absolute key to comedy is, right? It's timing. Mm. You fucked up my joke. Damn Let's it. Let's try this again. Sorry, okay. Okay. Pretend you don't know the answer. Okay. Blessing. What is the key to, to what is the key to comedy? I don't, I don't know, Gary. What is it? Ask me. Well, what is the key timing. to comedy? <laughs> Got him. See, it looks funny when I've got to see it up the second time. But... I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm too good at this, Gary. I'm sorry. I was I was ahead of you. I apologize, but that was good. That was really good. For now, let's hop into story number six because we're late in the show, so we got to wrap up soon. But uh, let me tell you about Escape Academy's new patch. This comes directly from a press release that they uh, that they released. Uh, it's time for an Escape Academy summer progress report. Coin Crew Games, Skybound Games, and I Am Eight Bit have released a new quality of life patch for Escape Academy, which adds a number of features based on student feedback. Student will now be students will now be able to toggle split screen on and off in online multiplayer. Additionally, this update also includes a new FOV slider setting, a hint confirmation button, various bug fixes and more the team has also released a new trailer spotlighting the grades the game the grades the game has received since launch more new features include added hint added they added a hint confirmation uh you have to press the hint button twice uh they added best grade information to the replay board uh they increased maximum mouse sensitivity on pc they changed the grading system to be a bit more harsh and then they changed key difficulties uh ratings for some rooms to better match their actual difficulty Good on you, Escape Academy. They're basically answering all the complaints that I had about the game, so good on you. My wife's been enjoying that game. Yeah? Have you been playing mm -hmm. it with her? No, I mean, I enjoy watching her play, but I've mentioned before, like, I, my, my brain's not wired for puzzle solving. When I used to play the Uncharted games, uh, I would do all the combat, and then when I got to a puzzle, I would just hand the controller to Leah, and she would so solve it for me. Because just, I'm just not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm right-brained, so I'm just not good at puzzle solving. I'm not good at, like, logic, and I can't, like, mathematics and things like that. I just, I... I collapse almost right away um and so like when i do solve puzzles in games i remember every time i would solve a puzzle in portal i was like so pleased with myself even like the early ones mm. but a lot of times i need a, a lot of times i will go to the youtube walkthrough like almost very quickly because i know that i could spend another hour on the puzzle and i'm not going to get anywhere uh, my wife however loves puzzle solving she loves puzzle games she, her brain her brain is wired for it and so she's she's been really enjoying um escape academy a lot Hell yeah. Yeah, Escape Academy is one that I, I enjoyed quite a bit, but my biggest complaints were that on, when you're playing online, uh, split screen was still active. You couldn't disable split screen, which I felt 
defeated a lot of the purpose of being separate people in an escape room trying to solve something together mm -hmm. separately. And then also, like, you, it was so easy to hit that hint button on accident, especially in a puzzle situation where you're just trying to spam buttons or whatever. Like, I don't know, man, if I click this thing, does it do it? And then you accidentally click square and it gives you a hint. And you're like, no, I didn't want the hint. Uh, and they're fixing both of those things. Um, and so, like, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're listening to the audience. I'm also excited for them to drop new dlc because they have a, a whole roadmap where they are adding i think five puzzles per season or at least like five, five cool. puzzles i think in the fall season and then again in the spring season um which is awesome right I, I think that's a really great way to support that game and so uh i'm looking forward to that let's round out the roper report with story number seven uh this girl on tinder gets guys to buy near automata and then ghost them this comes from josh josh colson at the gamer did you see this floating around Gary? No, what is this? This is making the rounds actually on Twitter. Uh, there are any number of reasons why you might choose to play a particular video game. A recommendation from a friend, an ad on TV, or it's on sale and you're looking for something new to play. Or, you know, you might have been convinced to pick it up and play a copy of something by a stranger on Tinder who then ghosted you once the transaction was complete. That's how at least 22 men got, got into Nier Automata. Uh, Enja, and this is spotted by former uh, The Gamer writer Cian Mayer, revealed on Twitter a short while ago that she would, quote, roam around on Tinder and get guys to buy near Automata, end quote. After they bought it, she'd then ghost them, leaving the proud new owners of, of leaving, leaving them proud new owners of a great game wondering what it is they did wrong. Enja clarified that she never, uh, she never offered anything up in return from them buying and trying what is presumably her favorite game. She would simply talk talk about she would simply talk about it a lot uh, with whoever she matched with. And Tinder, being Tinder, most of those matches rushed to buy a copy of the game. As she highlights at the end of her viral tweet, quote, high sales mean more Taro games, end quote. Yoko Taro has actually learned of Enja's exploits, replying to news of the 22 additional Tinder assisted sales with quote, glory to mankind, end quote. I love this story. It's kind of funny. I've been saying for ages that I, I've been meaning to get into Nier Automata. I have it. I just need to reinstall it on, on my PlayStation. So, I mean, I don't know. This is just a bit of fun. It sounds like she wasn't doing anything overt, like saying like, oh, you know, one thing you should know about me is like, I could never sleep with a man who doesn't play Nier Automata or whatever. Oh, let me go get a <laughs> copy, you know. Like, she's just, you know, I, you know she's just like, it's more kind of like an, a, a kind of a, a, like a vague thing. And guys, are, I mean, did, would she like, was that did there need to be some kind of like proof of purchase or something? Like I don't know. How did she know that they that no, they I mean, actually I'm, went and bought it? Listen, as a person who's used dating apps, I'm sure it was a thing of, oh man, I love I love Nero Thomas, it's my favorite game. Have you tried it out? Oh, you not checked it out? Dude, you should totally buy it. You should totally trust me, it'll, right. it'll change your life. It's and then all the game. thirsty boys go and get it. Yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah, they get it, and all of a sudden they just never hear from her again. Stay safe out there, y'all. But also, Listen, can you Nier confirm is great. nor deny uh that you only played near Automata because of Tinder? Listen, Barrett. All right. Is it my the only thing that matters is that it's one of my favorite games now. It's a very incredible game. She's doing the world a great service. And so you everybody should be saying thank you. Say thank you to this woman. Gary, I can't wait for the next game somebody convinces me to buy on Tinder. I play and it becomes one of my favorite games ever. But that is probably just so far away. If I want to know where I can go to find out what's coming out to Minecraft shops today, where would I look? I'm still, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking. I need like a minute to get past the Tinder thing because it's just so funny and weird. Um, <laughs> the official list of upcoming software on each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Kirby's Dream Buffet for Switch. Yeah. Dynabomb too. Uh, that's out for everything. Have you gotten to check out Kirby's Dream Buffet? Or no, I only to? found out yesterday that it that it came out. I, I, like like late last night, I was scrolling through um, 
Apple News, and it was like I got like Kotaku or one of the websites. Oh, they, they just dropped it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna install it today. I'm excited about it. it looks like I feel, you know we like to play these kind of like like fun little mini games with the with the family. It, it looks almost a little bit Fall Guys ish or Mario yeah. Party ish, like kind of like a mashup. I'm curious to see like what it actually is, but it's free. You know, it's it's looks oh, it's like something free. the whole. Oh, isn't isn't it free? What no, is it? I thought it was free too. I tried is it to play not included last night. like in Switch Online or anything? No, I thought there was like some. It's just an eShop game. It's fifteen dollars though. Oh, okay. Well, so it's not expensive. Go. No, I'll, I'll pick it up because I, I I feel like it, my family loves these kind of games where we can all pick up the controllers and 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 play together. So it's 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 a it's a good purchase for me. Uh, Robo Revenge Squad is also out today for Switch and Xbox. Uh, Survivor Cells is out on PC, and then Boyfriend Dungeon Secret Weapons Update is out today on all platforms for free. New dates for you. Planet of Lana or Planet of, of Lana uh, has been delayed Lana. to spring 2023. Plano, is it Lana? Is that no, I was just yeah, I was saying Lana like Archer. Lana. Oh, Lana. Uh, spring 2023 and will be available day one on Game Pass. What is surprise you, Barrett, that I've not seen Archer? That does surprise me. I think uh, that would be up your alley. That would be up your alley. I think so too. My sister, my sister used to watch it back in the day, and she always tried to get me to watch it. But I, I eventually reason, I never fell off when they started, you know, being like drug dealers and stuff. But I really enjoyed this. Oh, uh, this yeah, it it, 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 it they go it off the bad end in that show. Oh yeah, it's oh, crazy. Bro, Vertical Saw is so good though. You know, it is. Like it, I'm just, really I'm is. just blown through season three right now, and I'm like oh, trying to I'm stay so on Twitter. For you, man. Everybody's popping off about the finale, and I'm like, oh no, don't tell me, don't tell. Me. I'm fucking enjoying the show. Uh, but yeah, dude, I can't wait to continue watching it. Uh, more new, new dates for you. Aquadine releases August 26th on PS4, PS5, Switch, and Xbox. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, uh, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Nano writes in and says, the Sam Barlow game is immortality. I appreciate that clarification. Uh, let's see. Kabob says, every console release of Crash of a Crash Bandicoot game has been on Xbox since the 2002 port of Wrath of Cortex to the original Xbox. I don't remember us going back and forth on that, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, that feels like a long time ago we had that we were talking about. Yeah, right? It feels like, it, feels like <laughs> it was yesterday. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's see here. A lot of people writing about Crash and Spyro, but things that... Okay, a lot of people are just talk, talking about how they're multi-platform, which I'll, I'll just take your word for it that we, we fucked that up, even though I don't remember fucking that up. I, I think Gary asks of uh, Crash coming to to Xbox, but Crash has been on Xbox for a while. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I did. Yeah. I did get that wrong. It does happen, you know. Very rarely. Very rarely. Very. Rarely. But it does happen. You're only human, Gary. I'm only human after all. Nano says, "Don't put uh, the blame on me." New Tales from the Borderlands was announced at PAX East 2022. So that was what February, March ish. That, that game got announced. Wow. Yeah. Right. Wild. And then War Machine writes in with a missed news slash new date uh, from yesterday. Mia Allen is confirmed to be the next Survivor character added to the Evil Dead game uh, in a September update. She's part of the Season 1 pass and suggests the next DLC drop may be focused on Evil Dead 2013, the reboot film, which she is from. Appreciate that, War Machine. I'm a very big fan of you from Avengers. And that is it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's hosts for, for the show are going to be me, and the one and only Cameron Hawkins. So get hyped Ooh. for that. If you're watching Who's this live that? on Twitch, uh, Cam Hawkins, he's uh, he's done like a lot of stuff. He's been on IGN Unlocked. Uh, he's a big Kingdom Hearts fan. Just the biggest Kingdom Hearts fan. A big old, big old weeb. 
big old weeb of a man, oh, but we love him. Kingdom Hearts fans are the fucking worst. Oh, I know, Gary, right? <laughs> and Kim Hawkins, let me tell you, that's a Kingdom Hearts fan right there if you want to talk about how they're the worst. Uh, but get hyped for that, of course. We're going to talk about some weeb shit tomorrow, probably. If you're watching this live on I, Twitch, By the way, can I just say, I watched that video that came out. You know when they announced, what's the name of the fucking guy with the key in Sora? Kingdom Hearts? Sora. Oh, Sora, Sora coming to Smash. Sora. The main guy, the main, the main dude. Yeah. When they did, they, so you know when they announced him for Super Smash Bros. Right, it was the last character, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone thought it was never going to happen. They put up, so somebody cut together like a like a YouTube compilation of like all the streamers and Smash Bros. fans that are out there, like live reacting to that reveal of Sora. Mm -hmm. And these people were like rending their garments and <laughs> pulling their hair it's a out, big deal. And, like crying, it's a big like, deal. floods of tears, like. Oh my god, I can't believe it. It's like fucking hell. I like video games as well, but fucking get a grip. Uh, these people are, I, I, it's Did you see our reaction? We're one of those people. No, yeah, you, you were you were in there. You were in the fucking video. You were as bad as any of them. It's a really oh exciting announcement. We've been wanting this since like like what, like 2002 or some shit. Oh, it's been a long time coming. We're a bunch of weebs here, and you need to just uh, weeb out with us a little bit, <laughs> right? Weeb out with us, Gary. We we out with us. Oh my god! It was but yeah, bad. you're gonna get a, get me and Cam tomorrow again. If you're watching this live on Twitch after this, is Mike and Nick playing the cycle? If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time. Game Daily.